I spoke to you last at Christmas, I asked you all, whatever your religion, to pray for me on the day of my coronation. Shakespeare once quoted, Uneasy is a head that wears a crown. I prefer heavy hangs a head that wears the crown. And it's 70 years since Queen Elizabeth came to the throne and we're going to be celebrating on Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese the Platinum Jubilee. We had the Diamond Jubilee in 2002 and now it is the Platinum Jubilee. And in the UK it's four days of holiday in celebration of Queen Elizabeth II. Who would have thought that our Queen, Queen Elizabeth, would have outshone her namesake, Elizabeth I, the great Elizabethan Gloria, across the, the defeat of the Spanish Armada, the literary works of Shakespeare, but our Queen has seen the end of the Second World War, the development of the atomic bomb, going through many, many different prime ministers from Churchill to Johnson, many different presidents from Eisenhower to Biden. Heard the start of rock and roll from Buddy Holly, across to the Beatles, techno, house music, and now you've got animes dancing trance-like in the metaverse. She's seen all of this. So today and tomorrow, we're going to be celebrating the Queen's Jubilee. And we're going to be taking a slightly different stab. We're going to be looking at uh, some of the history behind Queen Elizabeth's glorious reign. But uh, also we're going to have some more whimsical things, as is my want on this podcast, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. We're going to be looking at the Queen riding in the gold state coach being a horrible experience. We're going to ask why did the EU ban crown marks on pint glasses, but Boris Johnson has brought them back for the Jubilee. Uh, also, uh, Brits have been warned that their Jubilee street party could be illegal. TikTok hand signal uh, the Queen apparently uses when she wants to end a conversation. Uh, royal family members to join street party stunt style lunches. The UK pub chain that was planning on selling 6p pints now giving away the pints for free. It's truly a glorious celebration. Uh, the battle for Britain's most patriotic jubilee display. President Macron sends the Queen a horse as a gift to mark the Platinum Jubilee. Eleven times the Queen was pretty hilarious. Queen Elizabeth is known for her sense of humour. Six funny facts about Queen Elizabeth and also fun facts about Elizabeth and the royal family as well. Fourteen Platinum Jubilee activities for kids. Ah, oh, we got it all packed in today. And also, uh, at the time of the coronation, uh, news came in that uh, Edmund Hillary and Sherbert Tenzing conquered the summit of Everest. Have ideas for Jubilee drinking games, how to party like it's 1977, the Diamond Jubilee, see it, making me feel like I'm of a fine vintage. Which US president did Queen Elizabeth like the best? Which uh, Prime Minister Queen Elizabeth liked the best and which does she like the least? The Queen's all-time favourite foods revealed by her former chef. Uh, also, Twitter uses Joy as the Irish Guard's Fury mascot steals the show as well. Margaret Thatcher also apparently did despise visiting Balmoral. I don't know if you've seen The Crown, but there was the little tricks and games and shenanigans that went on with Balmoral when they had some like irregular visitors coming to, coming to stay with them. The, uh, also the fascinating meaning behind the Platinum Jubilee beacons as well. Does the Queen have two birthdays and the unusual herb 
Yes, I said herb, not herb, inside the royal cucumber sandwiches enjoyed by the Queen for afternoon tea. All of this is coming along the way on the audio podcast, on the Musical Emporium Butler edition, special Butler edition. My gloves were very, very stained, but they're pristine white today, boil washed with bleach. I have creases in my trousers, I have the French cuffs on, everything is starched, even my hair, and I think some of the starch got on my nostril hair, so that's, uh, that's sticking out, so I better clip those away for your majesty. Uh, on the Butler Emporium edition, we will be having music throughout the years, some very Queen Her Majesty related music along the way and some favorites from the 1950s right through to the present day. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the lovely Jubilee Jubilee edition of the podcast. A distinguished, delicious, delightful, pristine, enigmatic, exciting, entertaining, and regal edition of the podcast. But then Princess Elizabeth started her royal duties at just 13 years old when World War II began. Like many British children, the then princess had her childhood cut short by the war. She was separated from her parents, sent to the countryside during the bombings in her home. Buckingham Palace was blitzed by the Nazis. She lost royal family members such as her uncle George, the Duke of Kent. Her teenage years overlapped nearly exactly during the duration of the conflict. And as she grew up, so did the experience that mirrored those other Britons. When she was old enough, she was enrolled in the women's army as a driver and mechanic. And she was separated from her future husband, Philip, a naval officer at the time, just as the romance began. But unlike other children, Elizabeth was asked by Prime Minister Winston Churchill to give a morale boost to the country. Every uh, Early in the period, she was tasked with comforting children who were separated from their families and sent to the countryside to safeguard them against Nazi raids. Over the six years of the war, over two million children were sent to the British countryside in a program the military uh, called the Operation Pied Piper. In 1939, children embarked on trains wearing name tags around their necks and headed to foster homes that they would stay for six years. The situation was led to a first recorded radio broadcast to the United Kingdom, a portion of which can be uh, seen uh, on the PBS documentary The Queen at War. My sister Margaret Rose and I feel so much for you as we know the experience what it means to be away from those you love the most, the young Elizabeth said on the October 13th, 1940 in a speech recorded for the BBC Children Hour from Windsor Castle. To be living in new surroundings, we send messages of true sympathy. All these years later, in a speech she gave on April the 5th, the Queen alluded to that first broadcast in 2020, noting that the current pandemic is like World War II. Today, once again, many people will feel the painful sense of separation from their loved ones. The Queen's dutiful service started on that day in front of the British people to the children of the country and has continued throughout her reign 70 years hence. Queen has been an enduring presence at the heart of an ever-changing nation. Over seven decades, the Queen has seen Britain and the world transform beyond reckoning. During this second Elizabethan age, she has served as our link to our shared past and sought to ensure that qualities she admires, self-discipline, resolve and fellow feeling are carried into the future. 
Let us hope we are witnessing the beginning of a new Elizabethan age, no less renowned than the first, said Clement Attlee, the former Prime Minister, as Parliament reacted to the death of George VI and the accession of his daughter, the 25-year-old Princess Elizabeth, who was travelling in Africa at the time. Invoking Elizabeth I was easy, but historical. Attlee was surely not seeking the return of religious strife, coup attempts and invasions by Spain. Elizabeth III had made herself a Gloriana as a powerful virgin queen, not as a constitutional monarch. How could this young woman possibly define an era like her namesake or like her great-grandmother, Queen Victoria? She was no empress. Her father had relinquished the equivalent of the title four years earlier. She was bound by convention and she was leading an increasingly liberal populace who had little need to give the monarch attention. Elizabeth Windsor was never going to be the sort of monarch to define an age. Rather, she became a key figure of constancy in a country that was redefining itself as it faced one of the fastest rates of change the world has seen. To underline how much her reign has witnessed, many turned to the articles of history that had not even been written when she took the throne. Prince Elizabeth lived in a world in which Everest was unconquered. To run a mile took a man more than four minutes, and the record-breaking play The Mousetrap was still running in the West End today was eight months for an opening. Seventy years is a long time in anybody's book, but rarely has there been seven decades as transformative as these. His coronation took place at Westminster Abbey on the 2nd of June 1953. Millions watched it on television, the first time such an event had the broadcast live. The film recordings of the ceremony were flown across the Atlantic by the RF and Canberra aircraft so that the Canadians could watch it the same day. Andrew was born at Buckingham Palace on February the 19th, 1960, ten years after the birth of the Princess Royal. He was the first born to a reigning monarch since... Queen Victoria's youngest child, Princess Beatrice, in 1857. The Queen's youngest son, Prince Edward, was born on March 10, 1964. The Queen was 37 at the time. For the first time, the Duke of Edinburgh was present at the birth. The Queen has become fascinated by the idea that fathers should be involved in childbirth. I don't think Prince Philip was quite so keen. On a 1970 tour to Australia and New Zealand, the Queen introduced the idea of the Royal Walkabout. The New Zealand capital, Wellington, has usually claimed the honours, but since then, Russell, a town on the nation's North Island, said it was the first scene of the very first walkabout. The Queen's Silver Jubilee was marked by a public holiday on June 7th, 1977, and a Thanksgiving service at St Paul's Cathedral, as well as street parties around the country. Afterwards, she embarked on a Commonwealth tour which took in places from Fiji to Canada by the way of Australia and indeed New Zealand. The Prince of Wales was married to Lady Diana Spencer on St Paul's on July the 29th, 1981. Among the guests were Nancy Reagan, the US's first First Lady. When uh, Britain set a task force to South Atlantic after the 1982 Argentine invasion of the Falkland Islands, Prince Andrew saw action as the helicopter pilot of the aircraft carrier HMS Invincible. The cabinet wanted him to be moved to a desk job for the duration of the conflict, but the Queen insisted he be allowed to remain with his ship. In 1982, July, Michael Fagan was arrested after breaking into Buckingham Palace and entering the Queen's bedroom. He was only charged with the theft of a bottle of wine, but was dropped when he was sent for psychiatric evaluation. On November the 20th, 1992, a fire broke out at Windsor Castle that severely damaged 115 rooms, including nine staterooms. Amazingly, only two works of art were destroyed because most were removed in advance for rewiring work. The Queen would call this her Annus Horribilis. 
The Queen and Prince Philip celebrated their golden wedding on the special garden party at Buckingham Palace in July 1997 for 4,000 couples that also celebrating the 50th wedding anniversary. Fred and Joan Woodsford from Cardiff stayed in their London hotel where they spent their honeymoon 24 shillings, £1.20 for a bed and breakfast, Uh, at that time and then in uh, 1997 it was 135 pounds diana princess of wales was killed in a car crash in paris in the early hours of august 31st 1997 as the nation mourned the royal family was criticized for appearing cold and uncaring although the queen turned public sentiment around when she spoke to the crowds gathered outside buckingham palace and gave a live broadcast to the nation the queen celebrated her golden jubilee in 2002 traveling the world to attend official celebrations across the across the commonwealth in all she covered 40,000 miles in 12 months the weekends of celebrations in britain included a concert in which brian may played the national anthem from the roof of Buckingham Palace. The Queen welcomed Barack and Michelle Obama to Buckingham Palace during the G20 summit in 2009. The reception was notable for Mrs. Obama putting her arm around the Queen's shoulder and the Queen responding by putting her arm around the First Lady's waist. They were just two tired ladies oppressed by our shoes, Mrs. Obama said. The Queen became a great-grandmother when Savannah Phillips, the daughter of Peter Phillips and his wife Autumn, were born in December 2010. The Queen now has 12 great-grandchildren. The Queen made a historic visit to Ireland in May 2011, becoming the first reigning British monarch to visit the nation since George V in 1911. The visit, which saw the Queen bow ahead at the Garden of Remembrance to those who died for Irish independence, was a significant step in improving Anglo-Irish relations. The Queen took part in a memorable film for the 2012 London Olympics opening ceremony with the James Bond star Daniel Craig in which she appeared to parachute out of the helicopter. She had one line, Good evening. Mr. Bond. On September the 9th, 2015, the Queen became the Britain's longest reigning monarch, passing the record set by Queen Victoria with char- characteristic modesty. She said, It was not a record she would ever thought she would break. Inevitably, a long life can pass by many milestones. My own is no exception. As Britain was gripped by the coronavirus pandemic, the Queen delivered a broadcast on the 5th of April 2020 to rally the nation's spirits. It was only the fifth time she had addressed the country on television other than at Christmas. She told the millions watching that the social restrictions of lockdown would one day be over and will meet again. Prince Philip died on April the 9th, 2021 after 73 years of marriage a picture of the queen sitting alone during his funeral on st george's chapel windsor wearing a black mask became one of the defining images of the pandemic summing up both her stoicism and the cruel isolation caused by the coronavirus queen is ridden on horseback in land rovers but her most uncomfortable ride is in her gold state coach and it's a horrible experience. The monarch reveals the carriage, which weighs four tons and is pulled by eight horses and not meant for traveling at all. The queen may look regal in a gold state coach, but in reality, her ride is altogether a more uncomfortable one. Recalling the time where she traveled from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey for her coronation in 1953, she described the journey as horrible. She revealed the seven meter long, 24 foot gilded carriage, which weighs almost four tons and is pulled by eight horses is not meant for traveling at all. It's only sprung on leather, she added. It is not very comfortable. Her Majesty said her journey to the Abbey was four to five miles, halfway around London, she claimed. The Queen said the coach can only go at walking pace and the horses could not go any faster as it was so heavy. 
She added she sits in the carriage. She's very high, comparing her height to the coachman several feet below. It was commissioned in 1760, and because of its age and rough ride, it's only used on certain occasions, including jubilees. The revelations about the carriage were revealed in a new documentary about the amusing trials and tribulations of being head of state. The royal speaks candidly with humor about the experience of the coronation. She jokingly stated she could not look down when wearing the imperial state crown, which weighs two pounds, 13 ounces as her neck would break. Looking at the priceless artifact, she said, fortunately, my father and I have about the same sort of shaped head. But once you put it on, it means it stays on. It just remains on. Royal commentator Alistair Bruce said the queen has to be kept still when wearing it. And the Queen agreed, yes, and you can't look down to read the speech. You have to take the speech up. Because if you if you did look down, your neck would break, it would just fall off. So there's many disadvantages to crowns, and otherwise they're quite important things. She also recounted how she brought uh, to a standstill when her robes ran against the carpet pile in the abbey during a coronation. The Queen recalled, well, I remember one moment when I was going against the pile of carpet and then I couldn't move at all. And Mr. Bruce said, really? And the monarch replied, yes, they hadn't thought that, thought that through. Is putting the crown back on pint glasses as part of the Nostalgia Awards. The British government is bringing back pounds and pint glass crowns in bid to move past Partygate. Queen Elizabeth has seen a great deal of change in British society during her 70 years on the throne. The territory which she reigns has shrunk. The influence of her United Kingdom, Britain and Northern Ireland has been diminished. Now she celebrates her platinum jubilee. Her Majesty's government is taking steps to restore Britain to itself, described greatness after having to conform to international standards, or at least have Britons of a certain age dreaming about the days when they can enjoy a pint of ale or buy a pound of flour. Conservative British Prime Minister Mr. Boris Johnson is keen to have voters talking about the glory of the mid-20th century yesteryear rather than the ongoing fallout of Partygate. To coincide with the Jubilee uh, over the next uh, four-day weekend, the British government is bringing back the crown stamp on pint glasses uh, is a four-century-old tradition that was phased out during the implementation of the 2004 EU Measuring Instruments Directive. In 1699, under the rule of King William III, pint glasses in England instead displayed a crown. As of Friday, the crown will start showing up on glasses in UK pubs again. Although the move may go unnoticed by many beer drinkers, probably because they've had one too many, uh, it's used uniquely colourful language to play up the significance. It's a very fitting symbol of how the Queen's realm is being returned to the people and how they have been freed from the bureaucratic scissoring of Brussels. Brexit opportunity, Ms. Jacob Rees-Mogg told the Tory-supporting tabloid The Daily Mail. On Friday, the government is launching a constitution on how to revive the imperial system of measurement of pounds and ounces. EU regulations require the sale of certain products under the metric system, but the Prime Minister has uh, been clear he wants to consult on this. I'll compare these victories to distant English history. It's Waterloo, it's Agincourt, it's Cressy, we win all these things. Brits have been warned that their Jubilee Street Party could be illegal. Brits have been warned that their Jubilee Street Party ahead of the four-day bank holiday weekend over the next few days. The holiday marks the Queen's 70th year reign over the UK and many uh, are getting get-togethers for the celebration. Millions of people await their mega four-day bender. We're only halfway through it now. Only 16,000 official Street Party applications have been approved so far. Basically, it's a legal offence to obstruct any public right of passage when hosting a street party. Roads and pavements must not be 
uh, must be uh, accessible and live music is not allowed. LGA chairman, uh, councillor James Jameson, chairman of the local government association, councils are pulling out all the stops to help their communities celebrate historic day for our country, whether it's approving thousands of local road closures for free or putting on big community events of their own. Huge number of applications for street parties have been received and councils need to balance supporting as many residents as possible while ensuring events take place, are set up and run safely. Instances are not required if people are sharing alcohol and food with neighbors and friends free of charge during these parties. A viral TikTok video claims to reveal the secret hand signal the Queen gives when she wants a conversation to end. Given our infamous inability to do anything polite, Brits have come up with a few go-to phrases and gestures for when we want to get out of a social situation. Rather than hitting the other party with a direct I need to go, we might opt for a knee slap accompanied by too loud right, well, I suppose I best get off. Or the shift of blame by saying, well, don't let me keep you. It's typically seals a little bit rude, but at least it gets the job done. Cutting a conversation short is apparently one thing the Queen doesn't have to worry about. As royal historian Hugo Vickers claims she has some gestures of her own, which indicates to her aides when she's ready to leave. One of the signals is revealed in a TikTok video shared by Francis Page Media, which shows the, Her Majesty bringing one hand behind her back and grabbing her handbag from the other. It's a subtle gesture that uh, ever, anyone might do just to shift the weight during a conversation. But while it might go unnoticed by the person being spoken to, it apparently doubles up as a way of saying, I'm the Queen of England, get me out of here. Speaking to the British Heritage, Vickers claims the Queen uses her bag to relay her wishes while navigating official functions. A shift of the bag from one hand to the next indicates she's ready to end the current conversation while placing the bag on the table. She's ready to leave in an, an event in the next five minutes. The most important signal, however, apparently involves the Queen twisting her wedding ring, which means immediate action is required as she wishes to exit the conversation without a delay. TikTok users but left fascinated by the insight into the Queen's meaningful hand gestures while many commentators complimenting her for her discretion. I think it's a kind it's kind of her to be so subtle and polite about it. Imagine talking to the Queen as she turns around and walks away or calls out I'm done, one person responded. The video also left many viewers feeling envious of the Queen's get out of conversation free card when one writing, wish this work for me, I have to listen and bear waffle sometimes. Needless to say, if you're lucky enough to meet the Queen, you should keep an eye on her handbag for the indicator of how captivating you're being. Hand goes up to the wedding ring though, just give up and get out. The Queen was crowned at Westminster Abbey on June the 2nd, 1953, with Britons crowding around their televisions for one of the first televised events in colour. Thousands of street parties took place around the country to celebrate the momentous occasion. Uh, the Queen's coronation in June 1953, thousands of street parties across the country celebrating the coronation of the young Queen Elizabeth. Britain's young and old turned out in droves to celebrate as the Queen was crowned inside Westminster Abbey and was watched by 20 million people on television. Heartwarming photos showing the 1953 street parties have now been colourised and enhanced to mark the Queen's 70 years on the throne. They show families in Buckinghamshire, North Oxfordshire, Wimbledon and Edmonton, London. They give a small snapshot of joy for the occasion. The Britons who featured in the photos have recalled their memories. Jean Flannery, who was eight on Coronation Day, shared photos taken in Bletchley, Buckinghamshire, showing 
wearing us in a paper crown and dress. Now, 77, she recalled how her mother had made costumes for her and a cousin for a fancy dress competition, and she was left a little miffed when her relative won instead of her. Colin Willis from Banbury, North Oxfordshire, was also eight, said he dressed by his mother to look like the coronation cracker in a costume made from red, white, and blue crepe paper and white uh, ribbon. The hilarious group photo shows him with his on his head and shoulders obscured by his cracker-like costume. Image you were colorized by an ancestry film, My Heritage, using a tool available on the website. Uh, my mother made the costumes of fancy dress contests uh, largely from crepe paper. My uh, costumes were red, white, and blue with a coronation crown. My four-year-old sister Caroline's costume was hip, hip, hooray. And my nine-year-old cousin Ken was a royal herald. I felt very miffed that Ken was, went out on to actually win the competition in an outfit made by my mother. The photos were taken by her family's back garden with her cabbages grown by her father washing up as the backdrop. She said they shivered in costumes with it was very cold for June. It also rained, but she added it was a very special day for us to remember. On the day, no doubt, swilled the food down with Bambri Ale. Such a contrast to a few years before when everything was on ration. Whilst rationing imposed during the Second World War had not come to a complete end by the time of the coronation, restrictions on sweets, chocolate, eggs and cream were lifted beforehand, although sugar was still very limited building in the country was decked out in red white and blue the union jack flew from every window and rooftop public spaces were covered in splendid decorations and the processions were adorned in magnificent costumes for anybody who's met her the queen has a wonderful sense of humor Hailed wing mirror chic when she attended the Windsor Horse Show on May the 10th, 2017, there was photos of her driving a Range Rover and smiling in the windmill, and it will melt even the coldest of hearts. Back in 1999, the Queen and Prince Philip were asked to welcome in the new millennium during the celebrations in London. When it comes to toasting the airhead, apparently we share the same priorities as Her Majesty. When the Queen inspecting the passing out sovereign parade at Sandhurst in April 2006, there was one cadet who just couldn't keep a straight face. The monarch was in no doubt beaming with pride as she walked past Prince Harry, who clearly found the sight of her grandmother inspecting the troops too much to handle. For the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympics, the Queen joined Daniel Craig for a Danny Boyle-directed film that appeared to show the Queen jumping from a helicopter straight into the London Stadium. In truth, it was a guy called Gary Connery, strangely enough, who pulled out the most breathtaking stunt but he didn't stop the nation from enjoying Her Majesty's showing off her playful side. Five years on, the clip has been watched by 12 million people. In 2014, the Queen paid a visit to the set of the Grain of Thrones in Belfast. While the monarch got within inches of the show's famous Iron Throne, she didn't appear to be impressed by the chair, which is made by thousands of swords and definitely didn't look comfortable. So much of the disappointment of the show's producers, she turned down the chance to actually sit on it. Apparently, the Queen of England is not allowed to sit on a foreign throne. Two Australian hockey players couldn't believe their luck when their most famous royal in the world popped into the background of their selfie during the 2014 Commonwealth Games. And yes, who, uh, Jade Taylor, who shared the image, pointed out the Queen even smiled for the camera. Something tells us she knew exactly what she was doing when she photobombed. Among many other things, the Queen involves a lot of cake cutting. And sometimes it doesn't go according to plan. In 2015, she helped the women's who celebrate its 100th year, which presented with a large fruit cake commemorating the event, which turned out to be a little bit stale. After the Queen struggled to cut a slice, her daughter, Princess Anne, stepped in to help. In a tense moment, one which the monarch reported said it was very difficult. But the HRH saw the funny side. Somebody 
needs to get her a better knife next time. During a dinner in Malta 2015, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau detailed Queen Elizabeth's long and full career and kindly pointed out he was the 12th Canadian Prime Minister to serve during the Queen's uh, 63-year reign, in which she gave her own toast to the monarch quipped, Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister, for making me feel so old. Trudeau later tweeted that the Queen is forever young in his eyes, always a charmer. Harry shared a video to promote the 2016 Invictus Games. Nobody was expecting the Queen to appear in it. Turns out she was the star of the show. The clip shows the royal pair watching a video sent from the White House in which Mrs. Obama tells, Hey, Prince Harry, remember when you told us to, to bring it at the Invictus Games? President Obama then chimes in, careful what you wish for, before his security staff say boom to the camera. But it's Harry and his grandmother at the last laugh. Oh, really, please? says the smiling queen. Also, the queen revealed a darker side to her sense of humour during a visit to the Chelsea Flower Show in 2016. During a discussion with the monarch, Herb Gardner, Jekka McVicar, explained how the Lily of the Valley was once used in poison. She said, I've been given two bunches of this this week. Perhaps they want me dead. In 2016, the royal family greeted crowds on the balcony of Buckingham Palace as they always do, trooping the colour. But when the queen looked over and saw Prince William was crouched down, Speaking to his son, Prince George, she was not pleased and was caught to sound camera muttering, William, stand up! Of course, William immediately obeyed his grandmother's request, but Prince George was more rebellious reaction and slapped his palm to his face. It was brilliant. And there's occasions when the Queen drops her famous reserve and few far between. But there's one annual event which has left the monarch in fits of giggles over the years. The Braemar Gathering, which is held in Aberdeenshire, is enjoyed by the Queen and Prince Philip every September and it looks a real laugh. The lineup includes caber tossing, highland dancing, and a tug of war. The Queen clearly approves, and maybe she's wondering what is under Campbell's kilt. So we have another edition of the podcast coming up tomorrow for the second part of the lovely jubbly jubilee edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. But we end now with a poem. Your Majesty, we greet you. Have a royal happy day. On this memorable occasion, I feel confident to say the pledges that you made us to be loyal, wise and strong. You carried out with dignity when your, our own life was no song. Even royals have their off days with life's troubles and its fears. And it's hard to put a smile on when you're feeling shedding tears. So amid the waves and smiles, the cheers are the memories you must hide. And if you were granted just one wish, you'd have Philip by your side.